Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with Nina Nesbitt and it's wonderful. Uh, we chat about some amazing records, of course, and we do all the usual chat. We find out about Nina's creative journey today. We touch on the new record and we just have a really nice natter. Before we get on with that natter, uh, I'd like to thank you lot first for listening also, if it's your first time listening, if you've just uh, discovered this podcast uh, as fans of Nina, then welcome. It's lovely to have you join the party. Um, we're 450 episodes in. Um, you've missed a lot, but that's all right. There's plenty of time to catch up. There's no rush. Um, I put out two episodes each week. Uh, you've missed chats with, oh, wow, who can I tell you that I've had on? Um, if you like your big Rock and Rollers, I've had Foo Fighters and Motley Crue and Papa Roach um, and I've had hip-hop acts like uh, Public Enemy, Allo Black, through to indie bands, um, Idols, Sleaford Mods, Suede, Wombats, uh, God, I've had lots and lots and lots of guests. Amazing comedians like James A. Caster, Maisie Adam, Jade Adams. Um, yeah, pop stars like Matt Goss. Um, and amazing acting talents like Maxine Peake, Joe Hartley, Thomas Turgoose, Michael Smiley, uh, John Bradley. Like So many uh, wonderful people have given up their time to come and have a natter on this podcast. So you can go check out that back catalogue for free. I'd also like to thank Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. I'd like to thank 76 for producing this podcast. And uh, yeah, if you uh, enjoy what you hear um, afterwards, go go check out that back catalogue. And if you'd like to support it in any way, shape or form, I'd urge you to do that. It helps. Um, and you can do that in a multitude of ways. Uh, you can give us a little like, love, share, retweet, follow uh, on the socials. Subscribe. That's really good. If you can subscribe um, wherever you get your podcasts, that'd be great. And if you're feeling really generous, I have a Patreon, which is an opportunity for you to not only uh, support the podcast, but get access to another 400 episodes of radio shows. And you can watch all the episodes ad-free on video uh, over on Patreon as well. Um, and there's loads of stuff that goes on over there. Live shows that uh, are done over Zoom where you can come on and you can be a guest um, and chat about whatever question it is that we ask uh, that month, one of the, the seven questions that we ask on the podcast. So come along um, and support the Patreon. It's only a dollar a month. So when you break that down, 20p a week. 
and uh, and it goes in the pot to make sure I can keep doing two episodes a week for free. Uh, so I think that is all. All I will say is anything that I've just spoke very quickly about, you can find out all about at www.offthebeat and it's not beaten, beat and trackpodcast.com. Anyway, onwards. Please enjoy Off the Beat and Track Podcast with the wonderful Nina Nesbitt. Sorry, ladies and gents, I've just got to jump in quickly and tell you that this podcast is proud to be in partnership with Hotel Chocolat. That's right, Hotel Chocolat, those people that make all the delicious chocolatey stuff, right? They have been my partner now for close to two years, and I can't thank them enough. Um, and one way that I can kind of help them is by telling all you lot about what they're up to. You know all about the chocolate stuff because you, you go and get your chocolates from there. But some of you like a little tipple of booze, right? So if you do, you need to check out their velvetized cream range. So what they've done is they've got loads of all your favourite spirits and then they've added their lovely chocolatey, magic-y stuff to it. So you can get like, uh, my favourite's the mint chocolate one. Go check out their mint chocolate velvetized cream because it is delicious. The salted caramel one will blow your socks off as well. There's loads. You need to go and check out uh, the alcohol range that um, Hotel Chocolat do. And I'm proud to tell you that this podcast is in partnership with Hotel Chocolat. Go check them out. But right now, get back to the podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Give me stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Nina, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, mate. Very well. Um, you've just mentioned that you're recording in your 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 studio. Is that a home studio? It is. It's a home studio. I just painted it very very dark green, and I feel a little bit like I'm in a cave, but it's great. It looks really lush. Thank you. I did the ceiling and all. Just went a bit. Oh wow! Went a bit. Went a bit mad. Yeah. Is that <laughs> is that a thing now? You do the walls and the ceiling the same colour? Well, I seen it on Pinterest, and I quite liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. Um. Well, talking about having a kind of cave to escape to and 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 create stuff. Um. Tell me a little bit before we get on with your playlist. How you found lockdown? How you found it? personally and how you found it creatively i'm not gonna lie they were both quite bad okay um it's interesting because i feel like um a lot of my followers and stuff were like oh my god you've been so creative because i did a lot of like silly videos for tiktok and just like writing random jingles about things but i felt so uninspired i think because i'm quite experience based like i need things to happen to write about so it was really difficult trying to actually like get ideas and things to write about, write about. But on the other hand, I couldn't like go to the studio, obviously. So I, yeah. I kind of forced myself to to learn production a bit more. And I feel like the record I just put out last week, that one, I think I produced like four songs on it. And I, I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for the pandemic. And I'm kind of glad that it did force me to do that in a way. But yeah, it was a very weird time. I feel like I was just sort of waiting to return what about you oh yeah it was just shit <laughs> it was horrible wasn't it <laughs> it was wasn't it <laughs> I run a nightclub and it was like that was going to be the, the first thing to shut and the last thing to reopen so it was like you know. oh 
God, what am I going to do? And uh, so, like, like what you done here, you say you learned production, and I'm, I'm, I really like that. That you know, I, I, I really started to sort of develop the podcast and and stuff because I think I love that that creative element of, of people's characters. That when kind of the, the your tools are sort of stripped away, mm-hmm. you get DIY with it, and it's like. Right, okay, so look, what have I got at my disposal here? What can I do? What can I learn? And I love that. Like, you know, it's like, right, let's go, let's go study some production a little bit more. And how sort of hard are you on yourself with things like that? Are you are you somebody that's like, right, okay, look, the world stopped turning for a bit. Like, I can just binge watch some box sets or I can't do that. I've got to kind of yeah. crack on. What what how do you find the balance there and how hard are you on yourself? I think the first two lockdowns. I was like, no, I'm not stopping. I need to keep going, I'm not having it. Yeah. I've worked bar stuff for years. I'm not stopping now. Because a lot of it's like momentum based as well in the yeah. music industry. So I was like, right, every day I'm going to wake up. I'm going to film a new TikTok. I'm going to do this, do that, write another song, learn production. I'm going to learn classical piano. I'm going to come out of it a better musician. And then I think, because I thought oh, this is probably only going to last for a couple of months or so. And then when it dragged on and on and on, I just got so burnt out and I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to stop and just watch some TV and just, just take it easy. Cause I think you forget, like we've all been through quite a traumatic event and I don't know about you, but after the first year, I was just like, just completely disheartened. Like when is, when is my life going to return? Is it going to return? Is it ever going to be the same? So many of my peers were out of jobs as well. And it's just like, what do you do? So yeah, I just felt a bit like I'm motivated, uninspired. And I just actually sat with it and was like, just give it, just give it time, it'll come back. But yeah, it was a very, very weird time as like a creative person, I guess, and as someone in the music business. You mentioned the momentum of the music business. Mm. Does that present a pressure in, well, look, if I if I take my foot off the gas for X amount of time, like that could be me done. Could I get forgotten? Like, do you feel that pressure of like how fast paced, like the music industry is and, and, and the the ways that we'll get onto how people consume music uh, when when we get onto your first track. Um, But you know, do you feel that as a, as a weight on your shoulders that I have to keep, you know, I have to keep the treadmill moving. I have to keep walking. Otherwise, you know, I could get left. Yeah, definitely. Um, I put an album out when I was, I think 18, 19, and then I got dropped and I was I was unsigned for a couple of years and I was songwriting and stuff. And then when I came back to it five, six years later, it, it was literally starting again, which I kind of liked because it was a bit of a challenge and it was different kind of music. And then I thought after the last album, I was like, right, quickly onto the next one, like keep it going. I've got the momentum building now. And um, and then the pandemic obviously happened. Yeah. So this time around, it has been a little bit like starting again for the second time. Yeah. But I think, there is kind of a beauty in that, like you pick up new fans and you you get humbled, you start at the beginning yeah. again, you're on the toilet tours. That's just the music industry though, I think. It's just, it changes so quickly. Um, I guess it's just part of the job, really. Absolutely. Let's start your playlist. Tell me okay. the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. Okay, that's right. Do you know what I was saying? I was going through this with my manager yesterday and I was like, I think I'm I'm too much of a like a pop head to know songs that have really long intros, <laughs> but I'm gonna go. This is a bit of a weird one because it's not a long intro, but it's Taylor Swift Love Story. 
and I've picked this because it was the first song I heard of hers on the radio and I instantly was just like who is this I think I was 15 at the time I was sat in the back of my music class at school and it just spoke to me um I just thought this is what I want to do for the rest of my life yeah and whenever I hear that intro I, I, I'm just reminded of that moment um, and it was, I think, the first song that I learned on guitar as well. Oh, no right. idea how to play it now, but I taught myself that intro, and um, that is literally how it all started. So I thought that was a good one to pick. Absolutely. You, what you touched on there uh, was interesting when you said, "I'm such a a pop head, I couldn't choose a song with a long intro." <laughs> uh, and I ask all my guests this, and and it certainly if they're if they're songwriters. And because some people will come on here and, and, and pick a, you know, a, a Pink Floyd um, intro. Yeah. And, but, Mike, the, the episode that come out today is with AHA. And when you think of the track Take On Me by AHA, you just think of this super pop bit of per, absolute perfect pop. But it's only when I listened to it back ahead of recording that, I was like, shit, like, there's like a, a minute intro before... The vocal even starts. You've just got this like drums, and you've got the the classic like big playover, and the vocal don't come in for a minute. And I'm like, that's one of the most famous pop songs ever. Yeah, yeah. Like, but so where I'm going with this question, like, do you know what, Nina? I've been trying to ask this question for 450 episodes now, and I never frame it right. So, so do bear with me, mate. But <laughs> it's. What, the way that people consume music now, and you, you mentioned TikTok a couple of times, so it's like, you know, people are looking at TikTok now with music, and people, and you know, I watch my, my my children and their rapid thumbs. If just they've got no time to wait for anything, and and you know that pressure to kind of get on a Spotify playlist and things like that. And and I'm always interested when you're writing, how much do those things factor into the process? Do you know, they really, they really don't. Like, I consciously make sure I'm not thinking of that when I'm writing. And I find that now, being an artist, you have to, like, almost wear about five different hats. You know, you've got, like, try to think of social media things, <laughs> songwriting, production, writing for other people, um, trying to come up with a marketing plan for the album, shooting the artwork. Like, there's so many different hats. So the songwriting for me, like, I literally just clear the diary and lock myself in a room for a week or whatever and yeah. and just and just feel and just write whatever comes out I try not think of it because I think the best songs are the ones for me anyway like the ones that are coming from an honest place and just feel like they effortlessly came out like I don't I don't really gravitate towards the kind of novelty like TikToky stuff it's just not what I'm into so I try and not think of it too much but I definitely like I wrote a lot of jingles in the lockdown that did quite like a big numbers on TikTok, which was totally unexpected. And then like I wrote them for, you know, my followers. I wrote them for a laugh, like to be relatable and funny. Yeah. But I wouldn't write my own like albums that way, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, sure. Just because I think it's it's a bit odd to do that. But yeah. yeah. Okay, let's take you back for track two. And I'm going to ask you to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. It was Eva Cassidy, Songbird. That's a beauty, isn't it? It's a beauty. Is it? 
did she write it? I'm not sure. I don't know no, if it's a cover. Because Fields of Gold's obviously a cover, isn't it? But yeah, it's a cover. Songbird Fleetwood Mac, I believe. Is it really? Mm. Oh wow. I can't believe I've never heard the original. Um I remember being about, oh God, nine or ten, maybe it would have been hearing that song, hearing that album. It has Fields of Gold on it as well. And Somewhere and just, Over the Rainbow. Yes, yeah, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. <laughs> sung that at the school talent show <laughs> <laughs> and um it was the first time hearing a lot of these songs as well um and i just loved how simple and delicate and beautiful it was and it just yeah it made me feel something when i listened to it i think i grew wow. up with a lot of pop stuff like a lot of britney christina whitney obviously it's still got a lot of emotion in it but it's the more produced stuff um so I remember hearing Eva Cassidy and being like, oh my God, it's just stunning. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What was... What was the emotion, if you had to pinpoint it, Nina? It's the same emotion that I get when I sing songs I've written. Like, you just feel it. <laughs> I don't know how to say it without being cringe, but it's like it's just a warm glow inside. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just a really nice, like, it's not quite sad. It's not quite happy. Just like a nice feeling. Yeah. It's like, I know, I know exactly what, you, what you're saying. And, <laughs> and, and that record, and, and do you know what? It's like... That, like, Eva Cassidy as an artist was such a... Do, do you know much about the story of, of her? I don't, know. I it's, don't. It's really weird. I hope I frame this right, and I'm not just offending legions of uh, Eva Cassidy fans, but um, I think she was, like, a, a, a quite a su- successful singer in America, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, And somebody found this footage after she died of her in this bar singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And I think it found its way into the hands of Radio 1 at the time's DJ, Steve Wright, who used to put on Top of the Pops 2 on BBC Two. And he finished on this video. And 
I think the reaction to it was something like they'd never seen before. People were like, w- where is this? What is this? Where can we get it? Like, you know, it's such a beautiful song anyway. And yeah, yeah. she's just brought something, you know, so special to it. And then, yeah, then they sort of put together some, some tracks and, and, and put out this Eva Cassidy record that become huge. And I think it, I, I, I might be wrong, but I think a majority of it is covers. Um, no way. But yeah. And Songbird, oh, it's beautiful. That's crazy. I didn't know that story. I feel like yeah. I need to watch an Eva Cassidy documentary now. Yeah, yeah. I I'm need sure to there'll be a few on YouTube. It. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow. Um, so we're talking about uh, growing up and, 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 and the emotions involved in that. Like, where, where was growing up? Growing up was um, mainly in, from what I can remember, <laughs> I moved to a village when I was 11. So I'm going to say that a village called Balerno in Scotland. No one's ever heard of it, really, but it's at the end of a bus line. It's just kind of like out of the city of Edinburgh. And it's just fields, Pentland uh, hills, uh, reservoirs, really beautiful. Um, And that was it, really. It was a very sheltered, quiet life, apart from the old house party or camp and trip. (laughs) But, um, yeah, just very chilled. Lovely. Very, very lovely. Very lucky to have had that. I'm going to ask you now for track three, and we're going to stay in the formative years, to tell me the song that reminds you of your time at school, please, Nina. Okay, I'm going to pick Skinny Love by Bon Iver. Um, My best friend, Vicky, who's actually still my best friend now, used to be like the music finder. She was the tastemaker at school. And her and her brother were like into like indie music. They were really cool. <laughs> she used to she introduced me to Nirvana, ACDC, the whole lot. And she brought in Skinny Love Bonnie Vera one day on her iPod. And I was like, what is this? Who is this? Um, just absolutely fell in love with that whole album and it just kind of soundtracked my teenage years. Yeah, that's a masterpiece, that record. Good fun, isn't it? Oh, it's a great choice. So how was school? Did you enjoy it? Nah, I didn't actually. I loved my art class. Loved that. Loved science. Um, Loved my friends. We're still absolute best friends now, which is so nice. But I just, nah, I think I think it's a really difficult place if you aren't like a academic person. Um, like I did all right in English and whatever but I just had no interest in it and I really struggled to to focus all I wanted to do was be at home writing music and I left um I think I just turned 17 I left to go and do music full-time and everyone was like oh my god you're crazy why are you leaving school <laughs> but I just knew like it wasn't the right yeah not the right path so was there never any kind of other careers like even at you know, such a, a sort of formative age, you know, you're sitting there telling the career teacher you, you want to be a pop star. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. Great. Um, I was really interested in psychology and criminology and all that. I got enough grades to get me into university if I had if I had to go to university, but I just knew, like, it was it had to be music of some sort. You, you said that school was more, you know leaning towards you know really sort of nurturing academia and stuff like was the music and stuff not actively supported at school it was but it was all classical music right um so yeah I kind of wish to be honest I'd listened a bit more because I think 
the theory actually was so beneficial but um yeah it just wasn't like I speak to a lot of my friends in Sweden that do what I do and, and they had pop music and they had like pop music colleges and yeah. songwriting colleges and I think oh that would have been amazing but no it was very kind of just by the book classical stuff um which is weird because I feel like there's so many jobs in the music industry it's it's like something that I feel like they should maybe teach but yeah it just it didn't really like set my world on fire yeah, but yeah. the art art class was amazing I was yeah. designing outfits and everything so I think that came in useful yeah for gigs <laughs> love it love it tell me about the first song you I normally say record but you're too young mm. to have your first purchase to have been a record so tell me the first song you bought uh, from a record store this is actually really, really bad. This one has imagine. to be bad, Nina. You can't have a oh. cool one for this. Anyone ever turns up with something like uber cool? Like if you were throwing Bon, uh, bon Iver at that, I would have just been <laughs> no chance, mate. You're not having that. It's got to be grim and, and a bit a bit of a cringe, this one. What are you going right. for? It's, do you know what? It's more the story's really bad. Um, so I can't even remember what age I was, but it was my mum's birthday coming up. And I had recently developed an obsession with Dido. I just loved her. Like I was obsessed with her songs and I wanted the CD so bad, but I knew my mum hated her. But I was like, the only way I'm going to get the CD is to tell my dad that my mum wants the Dido CD for her birthday. so bad. Isn't it? So I was like, yeah, no, she loves Dido. (laughs) She really wants Life for Rent. She really wants that album. Um, She'd be really happy if she got it. So we went to HMB, he bought it, obviously none the wiser, and she had to pretend that she loved it Fucking when she opened it on her birthday. What is I know. Wrong with you? Not only are you spoiling your mum's birthday, but you're throwing your fucking dad under the bus. <laughs> Proper psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she obviously, years later, was like, you little brat, like, that, you just got that because of you. So, yeah, I do, I do feel bad about it, but... Yeah. It's a good record it's though, right? Bloody great record. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best answer I've ever had for that question. What a wonderful reason. Really bad, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. It really does not shine a good light on you, mate. It really doesn't. No. Let's move on quickly to track five. Okay. <laughs> this isn't this isn't great either. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me the song that soundtrack I mean you're you're young, you're still clubbing. Um tell me the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. Right, so I don't really go to many clubs at the moment. Do you but... know what, Nina, right? I'm just going to jump in there, right? Mm. I reckon I've done 450 episodes now, and every single musician goes, I don't really go clubbing. And I just find yeah. it really weird that like, every, pretty much every musician I've spoke to has gone, yeah, I don't really go clubbing. And like, I just think, really? like, why not? Like, I don't know. But did you did you used to go clubbing? Have you just? I used, of... I used to go clubbing literally almost every night. Like yeah. I lived for the clubs, but we start very early in Scotland. Yeah. So I do think I maybe just went a bit overboard. Um, I love a club. You see, I go clubbing on tour. I right. love like playing a random city and then being like, ask someone, you know, where where should I go, and then just going yeah. and having an amazing night. But when I'm home, I, I don't really get off the sofa. It's really bad. But um, yeah, the song that soundtracked my years clubbing, and bear in mind, this was quite a while ago now, was um, 
low by Flo Rida and T-Pain. I mean, that's a bit of a club classic, right? <laughs> I think it's an absolute banger. Yeah. Yeah, I think the production, it hasn't aged that well, has it? Yeah. Um, but that was one of them. It was that one and Sexy Bitch, David Guetta. Right, Me and okay. my friends had a, we had a dance routine to that. But it was all those kind of like 2010s pop yeah. bangers. Yeah. That is the, the sound of the years. Just going to pop back that little thing that you said you and your mates had a dance routine to it. Um, please tell me that you've rehearsed a dance routine collectively and then would do it in a club. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, that, all 12 of us because... We 12? To, <laughs> we, <laughs> we were going to Cavos on our girls' holiday Yeah, uh, when we were 16. And we wanted a dance routine for Cavos, obviously, to like yeah. show everyone, you know, where we're from. Yeah. So that's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad and embarrassing. It's a bit. That. I think it's a bit, <laughs> a bit weird. It's I, a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I don't. I mean, I've I've run. A, I've got a club. I've run my club for thirty years. I don't think I've ever seen twelve people walk in and then perform a dance in unison. I think mean, that's quite mental. Spot the underagers. <laughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, so a bit strange. Are you quite an adventurous person? You you talk about that um, thing when you're on tour. If like you do a gig, then it's like right, let's. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's go out afterwards. Let's, let's go and find out where the locals say go and let's go get stuck in. Yeah. Have you got yeah. a good sense of adventure? I think it's a, it's a really good way to get the feel of somewhere is to go on a night out. And just and just I'm quite an observer. I like to just watch people mm. do their thing. Um, I think no place better than a club or a bar. Yeah. Um, I've been literally all over America to to clubs. Do you know I mainly go to gay bars in yeah. America because it's just going to be a good night out. Hundred percent. The music is right up my street. There's not going to be any like creeps there. It's just a great night. So yeah, yeah that's usually where we all go for somebody just going back to what you were saying about um 
you just wanted to go home from school and, and, and write songs and such. And, you know, to to tell your friends at 17 that, you, you know, you're going to go and pursue this dream. Tell me about your relationship with confidence. Um, so, weirdly, I didn't think I could sing. So I started, well, I didn't know if I could sing. Because I was very, like, not confident in that at all. I knew I could write songs, but I didn't know if I could sing them. And so I set up a YouTube channel when I was 15. Didn't tell anyone to see if people thought I could sing. So that was, like, I was too shy to get up on stage. Honestly, made me feel, like, sick getting up. So, yeah, I did that. And the internet has kind of actually been, like, the thing that's built my confidence and given me a career. Because as a kid, I was so shy. I literally didn't talk to anyone. And then kind of like worked in it over the years. But um, yeah, it's weird that I do this as a job. Because I feel like some people I meet, I'm just like, you're a performer. You're so confident. You're so loud. Like you just, you're meant to be on a stage. But then there's like the other half of us that are more like the songwriter like, you know, quiet ones. And it, yeah, it's quite strange. Being on stage and having that confidence is definitely something that I've had to work on. Do you get imposter syndrome at all? Oh my God, yeah. All the time. It's quite bad. When did you last get that? Um, Probably well, my record came out last week. Probably like the night before that. <laughs> I always get it when I, when I know I'm going to be reviewed. I just have a fear that the reviews are going to be like, who is she? Like, why, why is she doing this? Like, I just, oh, it honestly gives me the worst anxiety. It's weird, isn't it, imposter syndrome? It's like, it, it, it blows my mind that I think you always think that there's, you know, you mentioned that, you know, that person that's so confident, so outgoing, so they're made for the stage. And, like, they're, they've got imposter syndrome 100%. Like, yeah. And I find it really weird. I, I, was, I was lucky to get the Foo Fighters on the podcast, and I was chatting to them, and like, yeah, here we go. Like, uh, imposter really? syndrome. And I'm like... You're in the biggest fucking band on the planet. And it's like, yeah, but like, you know, walk in a room and blah, blah, blah's over there. And it's like, whoa. And like, and I just think, yeah. I think if you don't get imposter syndrome, I think like you're a bit of a narcissist. Yeah, I there's something like, not right. Yeah. yeah. You should I'd feel agree. like you still want to aspire and go up and better. And do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think a lot of it's like, you know, they'll do stuff for perception or it's all like smoke and mirrors and behind it you you know that. But everyone else Absolutely. thinks it's thinks it's all amazing and you're like, oh my God. Absolutely. But yeah, no, I'd agree. Confidence aside, what about drive? Are you driven? Yeah, like obsessively driven. Bit of a workaholic. Yeah. I'm not really addicted to anything bad, I would say. But I definitely have a very addictive personality and it seems to have, I've like clung on to work with that. Yeah. Which is a bit of an issue sometimes. It's a healthier addiction than, than a lot of other ones though, right? Yeah, I think so. I think sometimes I just get a bit wrapped up in it. It's, I think the pandemic actually was really good for learning that like the world doesn't revolve around work all the time yeah. and like learning to say no to certain things. Cause before I would just say yes to everything and that would take priority over like, you know, friends, weddings or birthdays, yeah. stuff like that. And then you're like, Oh shit. Like I can't really 
get that day back. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, let's take you home. And I'm going to ask you for track six to tell me a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Okay. Favourite song from the home country would be Tricks of the Trays, Paolo Natini. Nice. Um, it was on one of his earlier albums. Don't know if it was the first or the second, but I remember hearing that song when I was a teenager. And again, that was one of the songs I was like, oh, I want to do this. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I watched a live video and I was just like, he's moving his hands differently on the guitar. What's he doing? And then I discovered open tuning, which I yeah. didn't know about. Because <laughs> um, I kind of taught myself guitar through the internet. So I didn't have someone sit me down and be like, it's different tunings. And yeah. so that was the moment that I realized that and Bonnie Ver, to be honest. And um, I found out the tuning and wrote a bunch of songs on it. So that was a, yeah, a really cool song to discover. And I just absolutely love his voice. So. Yeah, he's, his voice is a bit special, isn't it? Just so good. It feels like something from a different decade. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a great shout. When, um, when you hear a song like that, or you hear a song uh, like the Taylor Swift track or whatever, as a songwriter and a musician, when you listen to it, do you listen to it on a surface level and just go, wow, that's a great pop record? Or if it hooks you in, do you then start deconstructing it in your head? Does the songwriter kind of come through? Tell me the process of... And it's what I also want to know, I'll double up the question here, is if you do hear a song for the first time, like that Taylor Swift song, where you're just like, wow, do you then play it 100 times on the bands? Um, do you know what? It's, it's a weird one. I have this conversation with my boyfriend a lot because he's like, he's very logical and can see how something's been written. Whereas I'm just like, I'll just pick up a guitar and just sing until something I like comes out. I, just, yeah. I don't really know what I'm doing. I just, it's trial and error. So that magic hasn't disappeared for me. Like I can hear a song and just cry or yeah. or smile or just, or love it. And I, I don't even... I can't think about how it's been written. Um, That's great. Yeah, and I love that, and I don't, I don't want that to go. Yeah. Um, he's always like, "What you, you've seen behind the curtain? Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why are you like? Yeah, it's weird. Like, you know how the magic trick's done, but yeah. I was like, but I don't, I don't know. I just oh, enjoy yeah. the magic, enjoy the magic while you can. That's amazing. I will say, I will listen to a song and be like, oh, that's amazing, and then I'll be like, fuck, I wish I'd written that. So there's <laughs> definitely a bit of that, but. How do you? How does that manifest itself in you? In does it? Is it like right? Well, okay, um, that's kind of inspired me to go and write. Or is that yeah. like, oh shit, I'm never going to be as good as that? Like, what, what's what's the kind of like? How do you draw from that? I think it can inspire you. I, I tend to listen to like a lot of country music because I know if I hear like I absolutely love some of the lyrics in those songs because they they just have such a clever twist on them, and I know if I hear one of them and think, oh, I wish I'd written that. It's sort of all right because I don't make country music and yeah. I can like I could definitely take like little bits out of it and and make it my own. Yeah. Um so I try and listen to to music that isn't similar to my own. Yeah. Um to kind of be inspired by it. Because I think if it's too similar, you're like, oh fuck's sake, I'm never gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Nina, it's your last track. Um and this is when you get to play Tastemaker. I'm gonna ask you please to tell me a song that you think many people may not have known? 
Okay, so it's by an artist called Chet Baker. Mm-hmm. And the song is Everything Happens to Me. I don't know if you know that one. I do. But oh, it's just such such a good song. Yeah. I'm such a fan of Chet Baker. I discovered Chet Baker during the lockdown. Um and it's a bit cringe, but I like it when I'm cooking. I just feel very civilized. We always put it on. And uh, I'm not really into like that kind of music normally, but it's just something about it, the way he delivers those lyrics are just so beautiful and I just put his Spotify on one day and then this song came on it's not even one of the top ones and I just thought the lyrics were just really I don't know really clever and something I hadn't heard before yeah wonderful well Nina what we do we put together a Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast so people can go and listen to that track and all your other tracks uh, and of course some of your tracks as well oh amazing um as 2022 is is well over the halfway period now, the the lockdown that we we started talking about at the beginning of the podcast is is becoming a thing of the past, and and everything seems to be returning to normal, and 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 gigs are happening, festivals have happened, and what's happening for Nina? Well, album is just out. It's called Elscar, and I'm taking it on the road in November, December, UK and Europe and uh, getting more music out there. Lovely. And Nina, if people want to find out more about that and, and follow you and such, where's the best place to keep up the all things Nina? Um, any social media. Um, I'll be on there. Just Nina Nesbitt with two Ts. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, cool. whatever you use. Well, if it's all right with you, when we, we put this episode out, we'll tag you in it so people can go and find you if they haven't done already. Perfect. Perfect. Now, Nina, I've had an absolute ball today. Like, you too. Thank you so thank much you. chatting. It's, it's been a real joy. Thank you very much. Thanks, Nina. Cheers. Recording stopped. Oh, thanks, mate. That's thank great. Thank you. Oh, it's going to be such an eclectic playlist. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Sometimes you sort of put them up and people just go like, oh, wow, the Foo Fighters on a playlist. And it's just like, why the fuck is Ghostbusters on there? (laughs) It makes no sense taken out of the context of the podcast. But all right, cool. I like it. Have a lovely weekend, mate. And uh, and see you soon. Thank you, you too. Bye-bye. There you go. Oh, wonderful chat. Great song choices. And uh, do you know what? Like, I don't think low by Flo Rider's that cringe. I just think he's got a real groove to it. I'm liking that. I'm liking that. When she said it was really embarrassing, I was thinking, how shocking can this be? It wasn't. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that episode. It was really lovely. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, huge thanks to so, uh, to uh, Sophie and to Nina. Um, thanks ever so much for giving up your time and putting this together. Um, like I mentioned at the beginning, go check out the back catalogue. Hundreds of episodes. They're all for free. Go get stuck in. Enjoy them. Uh, just give us a like, love, shares on the socials. Drop us a message. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Let us know you'd like to hear me chat to. Uh, I'm always up for a natter and uh, and in the meantime be nice to each other and I'll see you next time bye bye it's off the beat and track podcast on the distraction pieces network with me Stu Whipping. Eat a book.